Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Need more true crime in your life? An Audible membership can solve that. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you could choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Don't miss The Serial Killer's Apprentice by Katherine Ramsland and Tracy Allman. It follows the true story of how Houston's deadliest murder turned a kid into a killer in training. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash 48 hours. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Real people. Real crimes. Real life drama. He was going out late at night. He was out trolling around looking for rape. If you want to find targets, just do it in the house. Hours and hours and hours. Walking around various different apartment complexes. I'm a single mother. I try not to live a paranoid life. I mean, I want to think that people are good, and so I don't look for bad things. I suppose because I wasn't looking for that, it just never occurred to me that it could happen. Did you have any idea that somebody was stalking you? Not at all. Watching your every movement? No. Walking in and out of your house? No idea whatsoever. Everyone kind of has a different reaction. You know, you kind of be paralyzed with fear, you start screaming right off the lungs. Others would, you know, be quiet. Well, I just screamed, and he just told me, to, kept telling me to shut up. He had a black mask, and the only thing that showed was his eyes, that he had a, a gun in his bag. If I didn't shut up, he would, he would kill me. There's definitely a rhythm. There's definitely a time pattern of when I'm normal and when I'm rape guy. <laughs> He came in my room and jumped on my back. He told me all he wanted to do was rape me. I was terrified. But these women had been through something so horrendous. The type of person that committed these crimes was a heinous individual. I did think that he had done this before. 
I'm thankful that this case came to me. I knew we had to catch this guy. He would do physical surveillance. There was no secret thing that they all had in common. Just looking for victims. Part of the desirability of it was that it was random and that I didn't know them. This one is serial. It kept going and going and going. What has turned me on is fear. You know, I basically feed off of it. I felt scared. I felt scared for um, other women in society. I felt afraid for myself. That's why I think we were so driven. It's a question that you ask again and again. Is it somebody that has been involved in um, more horrific things in the past? The thing is, when you go into that cycle, you're in predator mode. I definitely felt like we were up against the clock. It was ticking. I could hear it. I could feel it. I felt like we just had to get him off the street. I'm Maureen Maher. Tonight on 48 Hours, Hunted. hours listeners know to always expect the unexpected, including when home appliances break down. An American Home Shield warranty can restore your sense of security. It's simple. When a covered item in your home breaks, contact American Home Shield and their trusted and qualified pros will fix or replace it. Right now, you could take 20% off. Go to ahs.com slash 48 to save 20%. That's ahs.com slash 48 for 20% off any plan. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. American Home Shield, don't worry, be warranty. This episode is brought to you in part by June's Journey. Picture it, the glamour of the roaring 20s wrapped in a mystery that only you can solve. Dive into June Parker's captivating quest to uncover scandalous family secrets. With your keen eye for detail, find hidden clues and solve mind-boggling puzzles. It's all about observation, intrigue, and drama. But beware, each clue leads deeper into a thrilling storyline filled with danger and romance. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Your adventure awaits. I knew that she lived alone, so I knew that, you know, she was but as a single woman, it just never occurred to you that you were vulnerable no, living by yourself? No. It was just after midnight in Aurora, Colorado, 10 miles outside Denver. This woman, who we will call Mary, had no idea she was being stalked by a strange man. 
I brought it down to that one, saw that the bedroom light was on, uh, so I knew she was there. In October of 2009, Mary, a 65-year-old grandmother, was jarred awake by a large masked man. He climbed on top of her, tied her up, cut off her clothes, and for the next four hours, brutally raped her. I just live moment to moment. Whatever he told me to do, I did it. Did you ever think, I'm going to try to escape? I never felt like I had the opportunity. Then, as if all that hadn't been enough of a violation, he pulled out a camera and photographed her. Did he threaten you um, with the pictures? Yes. He told me that if I called the police, he would put it on the Internet. When he was done, he went about carefully cleaning anything that could have any trace of his DNA, stripping bedsheets and removing her clothes from the scene. Finally, he brought Mary to the bathroom and ordered her into the bathtub. When he told me to fill the bathtub, that really made me nervous. Did you think he was going to kill you? I thought he was going to drown me. He warned her not to come out of the bathroom until he left. She waited like he told her, in that bathtub, cold and frightened for more than an hour. What was going through your mind in that hour? Is he gone? Is he gone? I wonder if he's gone. Investigators were able to find some of the rapist's DNA on this teddy bear in Mary's house. But when they ran it through national databases, they couldn't find a match, and Mary's case went cold. Two years later and 25 miles away, Golden, Colorado police detective Stacy Galbraith. I take all my cases pretty personally. She was just starting her shift when a call came in. The patrol was being dispatched to a sexual assault that had just occurred. Galbraith immediately headed to the scene. Right here is the building that the golden victim was living in at the time of her attack. And spoke to the victim, a 29-year-old woman who said she was in bed when she was attacked. She remembered hearing a noise. And then a masked person came into her bedroom, straddled her, and um, he threatened to shoot her. He He had a gun with him. He sexually assaulted her, photographed her, and had her take a shower and then left. Crime scene technicians found little evidence. He took uh, everything that we could have collected DNA from. He took the bed covers. He um, instructed her, you know, to use soap, to use toothpaste, to basically wash away or take away any of the evidence that we needed to, to solve the case. But the victim did remember that the attacker was white and blonde because she could see the hair on his arms. This victim was very articulate. She wasn't, you know, visibly shaken. She wasn't crying. She wasn't emotional. She was able to sketch this image of a masked man and this distinctive egg-shaped birthmark she saw on his calf. She was able to give all these very detailed bits of information that at some point 
in the investigation, these are things I'm going to be looking for. Her attacker brought a pair of pink high heels and made her wear them while he took photos of her with a pink Sony Cybershot like this one. Outside the victim's apartment, a security camera recorded a suspicious white Mazda truck, but the plates weren't visible. And in the snow, a single shoe print. And it came back as an Adidas. So we knew if we could find the right person and they were wearing that shoe or had that shoe, you know, we could be a little bit closer. But none of what the victim recalled was enough to break open this case. And Detective Galbraith, now leading the investigation, was deeply frustrated. Later that night, she did what many married people do and vented to her spouse, who just happened to be a police officer in a neighboring town. And he immediately just kind of looked at me and said, you know, I think we've had that here recently. And what he picked up on was that they were made to shower and for a certain time period and basically wash away the evidence. First thing the next morning, her husband put her in touch with the lead investigator on that case, 19 miles away in Westminster, Colorado. Detective Edna Hendershot. It seemed pretty obvious that there was some connection. Both of their departments assigned the detectives to work together on the cases. The description of the attacker was almost exactly the same. A white male, I'm about 6'2", 180. He had light-colored hair. She also described him as a little bit chubby. And I said, my victim had a pink Sony Cybershot camera that was stolen from her. And Stacy um, immediately keyed on that and said my victim was photographed with a pink Sony Cybershot camera. What's more, Detective Hendershot was able to link the rape of 65-year-old Mary in Aurora to the same attacker. That made for three attacks in two years. And at Detective Hendershot's crime scene in Westminster, another piece of evidence. Turned out to be glove impressions that were alongside the railing outside of the apartment where the Westminster victim lived. So not quite a fingerprint. Definitely not a fingerprint. But, but? Impressions from a glove. Mm -hmm. And we describe them as a honeycomb pattern. What's the profile you have on this guy? Who do you have in your mind? Who is this guy? We're thinking um, potentially military. He knew what he was doing. Kind of scared maybe he could be in law enforcement. I kind of felt like, like, do any of my cops here look like look like this guy? Does, does anyone have this mark on his leg that my victim is, is describing? In all the cases, the rapist told his victims he'd been stalking them for months, watching their every move and breaking into their homes during test runs. If they couldn't stop him soon, they knew he would strike again. He's hunting for his victim, and then the next victim, and then the next victim. Did you ever consider that he may be a serial killer and not just a serial rapist? I think everything was on the table at that point in time. Most of your time is spent bandaging and hunting. You know, once you kind of decide, you kind of, you know, almost go past this point of no return. Ah, 
The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. As you get more proficient, you start making less mistakes. He was educated enough to know what we were looking for and know what he needed to take to throw us off. He was experienced with what he was doing. Probably be a little bit difficult to find. Colorado detectives Stacy Galbraith and Edna Hendershot were working overtime to find the pattern behind the attacks. Our victims spanned age ranges. The victim in Aurora was in her 60s. The victim in Golden was in her 20s. The Westminster victim was 59 years old. Trying to figure out what is it that they have in common that would make them targets for this particular individual. That was very frustrating. Because there was no consistency. There was not. Other than that they were women. But there were pieces of a puzzle. That glove print on a railing in Westminster the Adidas shoe print in the snow in Golden, and a paint camera like this one used to photograph the victims during the attacks. But nothing to pull the entire picture together. He was counting on the fact that we wouldn't talk to one another, that we wouldn't reach out, that we wouldn't communicate. That's what he was counting on. But he certainly wasn't counting on them looking for help, which they did. When they formed a task force with local prosecutors, the Colorado Bureau of Investigation, and the FBI. On that task force was veteran FBI special agent Johnny Grusing. Did you have a sense that he's going to strike again? Absolutely. He scoured area police files for similar attacks and found a report in nearby Lakewood that was labeled a home invasion. When he looked closer, he saw it was a failed rape attempt. The victim describing a masked man. Around 2.33 in the morning, she heard a dragging sound coming down the hall. That woke her up and she saw a large masked man in her doorway holding a knife. Then he straddled her, made her go face down. However, she was able to actually lift up, turn around, and face the man and tell him that he, didn't, he was not supposed to be there and this was not going to happen. She's willing it not to happen at this point. Correct. She was very brave. The woman started screaming a man's name, yelling for help. 
the attacker thought someone else might be in the Lakewood house. And he makes the decision he's going to let her go for a second and check the room. By the time he jumps off of her and checks the room, she gets on her bed and dives out a window that is about one foot high by four feet wide onto the concrete outside. She shattered her vertebra, that two ribs were broken and her lung was punctured from that fall. But she still got up, ran to her neighbor's house, and called the police. Her police file had been sitting dormant for half a year when the Denver Area Task Force finally came across it. That one case turned out to be a treasure trove full of evidence and information that definitively linked all the attacks together. The evidence in the Lakewood case was absolutely key in linking this to one attacker. Specifically, each piece of evidence from one of the other assaults had a connection to the Lakewood case. For example, the glove like this. This glove pattern was found in the Lakewood case, and this pattern was also found in the Westminster case. And remember that Adidas shoe print in the snow in Golden? There was a perfect match in Lakewood. Then, at the end of a long task force meeting, a mention of a suspicious white vehicle seen at the Lakewood attack. So this is the bulletin that um, the crime analyst in Lakewood held up at the conclusion of our meeting. It described a white Mazda pickup truck. That was when I am like, okay, there, we had a white truck and it's just like that. I just knew in my heart that that was, that was it. For that truck to be in that neighborhood in Lakewood and also be in mine, that had to be significant. Now, the task force had a plate number. And when they dug through their database, they came across this picture of the truck with a white man standing next to it, about six feet tall. When I saw this truck and the man standing next to the truck, I thought that that looked like what all the victims um, who had been attacked described. That was that aha moment. We have a truck that's in the same two areas, and now we got to see who it belongs to and who is this guy. And who was that guy? Mark O'Leary. Had you ever heard that name before? No. Was he on anybody's radar? No. Mark Patrick O'Leary, a man fitting the very profile described by several of the victims. He had a military career that took him all over the world, from Washington State to Korea. The 32-year-old O'Leary was separated from his wife and studying at a local community college. Did he have any prior criminal history whatsoever? Insignificant. Um, yeah, no, no assaults? No. No violent crime? No. Nothing to indicate that this guy was capable of what he was being accused of? Nothing like that. I mean, you got the truck. You got the guy. You got an address. He's right there. Like, did you want to just get in your car, go over, bang on the door, and take him right then? No, we couldn't do that yet. I know you couldn't, <laughs> but did you want to? Well, we needed to make sure. And so it became important at that point in time to start conducting surveillance on him, attempt to get the DNA from this individual. Mark O'Leary, 
suspected of stalking and attacking so many women, was about to become haunted himself. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. We're in Lakewood, Colorado, and this is the neighborhood where we set up on Mark O'Leary's residence. We waited and watched. The task force finally had a viable suspect in Mark O'Leary, and Agent Grusing's team didn't have to wait long for things to pick up fast. And they see the truck leave. And it looks like the registered owner gets in it with a female. As part of the team followed the couple to lunch at this restaurant, Grusing stayed behind, hoping to install a surveillance camera on the house. But first, he needed to make sure no one else was home. I walked up through this driveway. We knocked on that white door where the light is, and Mark O'Leary appeared in the doorway which you were not expecting. I was not expecting. He really wasn't. He thought he had just seen O'Leary drive off in the truck. And what was his demeanor when he came to the door? He looked a little surprised. He was curious, I would say, more than anything, to see why would we be knocking on his door. So you had to do a little tap dance. What happened? I pulled out the flyer that I had ready, and it was of a person we were looking for in another investigation. He looked at the sketch, said it did not look familiar. He said that his brother lived there with him. We didn't even know he had a brother until that moment. It turned out Grusing's team was tailing Michael O'Leary, Mark's younger brother, who looks an awful lot like him. They collected the cup that Michael drank out of at lunch, hoping that strain of DNA might match the DNA on that teddy bear and other samples they obtained. And what did it uh, reveal? It revealed that strain of male DNA from the O'Leary family was on all of our victims' uh, possessions. But they had no idea which O'Leary brother was responsible, so they went to find out. What are you feeling? You're this close to this guy. I'm ready, and I'm praying and hoping that we don't lose him somehow and someone else gets hurt. At 6 o'clock that Sunday morning, the team knocked on the O'Leary's door, guns drawn. Stacy found herself face-to-face with Mark O'Leary. He just went pale, just like 
you could just kind of see the life go out of him for a second. He had real baggy pants on, so I lifted each pant leg up and I saw the uh, egg-shaped birthmark on his calf. It was identical to that unusual birthmark that Galbraith's victim had described on her attacker's leg. I said, turn around, put your hands behind your back, you're under arrest. They knew they finally had the right O'Leary in custody. It's gratifying to finally put someone like that in handcuffs. Leave these officers with you here for just a minute, okay? Mark O'Leary seemed strangely amused by the circumstances. Guard duty, huh? <laughs> and he would not cooperate. I need to talk to an attorney. At that point, we were wanting to see what was in the house. A search warrant of his home yielded a gold mine. He had all of these things that he used to facilitate these assaults just in places about the house. Do hidden you, in plain sight is right. how I would describe Hidden it. in plain sight. Yeah. So in his closet, we uh, came up with... We came up with this, these shoes. What did you think? Well, I knew those were them. That's it. They were a perfect match to those shoe prints found near two of the crime scenes. Just inside O'Leary's front door, a pair of gloves with that distinct honeycomb pattern. And that wasn't all. This is a pink Sony Cybershot camera that was collected from the office of O'Leary's residence. He had kind of some bookshelves, and he had it just kind of propped up on a shelf. It was the exact camera that was stolen from the Westminster victim and used to photograph the Golden victim. And then, perhaps most disturbingly, they came upon this backpack full of items O'Leary had brought with him to perpetrate the rapes. So these are the high heel shoes. Which victim? Golden. So this is your victim? Yeah. You get quiet when you yeah. see him. I, I actually haven't seen these things beyond pictures. Why do you get quiet? It's just sad. Yeah. You know, it's just a thing until you know the details of what the thing was used for. Right. You don't usually find this, in my opinion, this much cooperation. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely every. I mean, just... He didn't seem to be really working hard to hide everything. He wasn't expecting us. But in all that evidence, there was nothing to link Mark O'Leary's brother, Michael, to any of the attacks. At this point in time, you do not believe he was involved with it in any no. way? No. It was in Mark's room, in Mark's possessions, that the detectives would make a worrisome discovery hard drives containing hundreds of pictures, and not just of the four victims they knew of. Deputy Jefferson County District Attorney Bob Weiner. There were photographs that depicted other women in what I think can only be characterized as a rape scenario. I wondered if they were victims of sexual assault, if they were um, even alive anymore. The investigators had to find them. In O'Leary's phone, they found he had called this woman numerous times. Her name is Amy. So we're now on our way to meet Amy. Amy wasn't a victim. She was actually O'Leary's girlfriend. Now, can you imagine you find out the guy you had dated was actually a serial rapist at the time the two of you were together? I mean, what would you say? How would you react? We're about to find out. 
Hi, Amy. Maureen Maher with 48 Hours. Nice to meet you. Have a seat. Thank you. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So I was at work and a message was on my phone from Special Agent John Grusing from the FBI regarding Mark O'Leary. In early 2011, then a 35-year-old bartender, Amy was unsure why the FBI would be calling her about her ex-boyfriend. He said, well, I'm sure you know what's going on with Mark O'Leary. And I said, no, actually, I don't. And he said, well, it's been all over the news. He's committed a series of rapes. It was hard for Amy to believe. She'd met Mark O'Leary on the online dating site OkCupid in 2009. And the man she thought she knew presented himself very differently. He was pretty chivalrous and protective. and Was he charming? He was very charming. Like, he was really fun to talk to. We talked for hours at a time quite frequently. There was a lightness to him, even though he had a dark sense of humor. But it didn't last long for the couple. We attempted a sexual relationship, but things did not go very well in terms of chemistry. Mark needed the other person to be scared. The fear. Yes. And the dominance. Yes. And did you ever see that violent side of him? No, I didn't see any violence. Like, I knew what he liked and what turned him on, mm -hmm. but I didn't show him fear mm -hmm. in any real way and he knew I wasn't scared. It was tofu to somebody who wanted steak. Amy had no idea that when she wasn't with Mark, Mark was out preying on women. I talked to Special Agent Grusing for a long time, and then after I got off the phone, I went and threw up. It was pretty upsetting to me. As Amy struggled with Mark O'Leary's arrest, a few miles away, a detective broke the news to Mary. First, I didn't believe him. I said, you sure? <laughs> he says, yep, we, we got him. That's what he said, we got him. Did you feel a sense of relief? Oh my, yes. There were so many victims. And he was so sick. 
Mark Patrick O'Leary was charged with more than 30 counts of sexual assault, kidnapping, and burglary. Prosecutor Bob Weiner. To have actual photographs, uh, as disgusting as they were, of the actual rapes, ended any speculation as to whether we had the right guy. Faced with overwhelming evidence, O'Leary agreed to plead guilty to the sexual assault charges. He was meticulous in the way he stalked these victims. But it was at his sentencing hearing that fireworks really began. I am a sexually violent predator. Surprisingly, he has the chance to address the court as well. He took advantage of it. And I'm out of control. I've been out of control for a long time. Words are just inadequate to describe uh, how just horrible I, you know, I acted. And, and I can only hope that, you know, that my sentence today will satisfy them. His sentence would more than satisfy over 300 years in prison, a staggering number. In some crazy way, I felt sorry for him. He said he was just going from one prison to another. So he was in his own prison. And something else he said at the sentencing caught the detective's attention. He said that he would be willing to answer questions. And in law enforcement, it's the, that's, the, you know, that's the green light. They were about to get a rare look into the mind of a serial rapist. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Johnny Grusing took the lead, playing to O'Leary's ego. I told him that our profilers were very interested in him because of how intelligent he was, and he seemed to like that. You know, you hear a psychologist, you know, Shrink will say, you know, rape is a crime about power and control. And that's not accurate. Power and control are a means to an end. What has turned me on is fear. Talked about how his pendulum would swing and he could not control it. He would have to fill that need. And that's the monster talking to him. He never won any of these battles with the monster. And Grusing saw that monster up close. O'Leary described his feelings after one of the rapes. I still remember this moment. Is That's when he leaned back and smiled. I got some sort of satisfaction out of it. It was like I just eaten Thanksgiving dinner. O'Leary says even as a child, he had rape fantasies, but didn't act on them until he was in the military on a tour of duty in Korea where he tried but failed to rape two women. Back in the States, he was determined not to fail again. So I had to do it for real and just be done with it. And then he decided that he was going to use his military training to figure out a way to stalk his victims, to not be caught, and to satisfy this urge that would come. O'Leary brought up one woman he'd been planning to attack. Julie Peck. Remember her? The single mother who had no idea O'Leary was stalking her. Checked out her house a couple of times. I knew she had an alarm system, but... Um... She never used it. He was lining her up for an assault. 
And so I was walking around the back of her house one night. So just as I was walking by her back balcony, um, she opened the door. I saw him out there and I said, what the f*** are you doing here? Mm -hmm. uh, get out of here, I'm gonna call the police. And I just watched him, he just turned around, went down the stairs, uh, went out to the back, climbed over the fence and left. Julie, unnerved, always set her home alarm after that, but never thought about it again until the FBI called her. It was very hard for me to process it. But the FBI didn't tell her everything. Did you know that at one point he was in the house and you were asleep? I did not know that. Walking in and out of your house? No. Taking things from your place? No idea whatsoever. And what about those hard drives with the hundreds of photos of other women? O'Leary wasn't willing to discuss anything that he had not pled guilty to. Yeah, I won't tell you about any other cases. Even behind bars, O'Leary wasn't done tormenting women. Before the interview ended, he had a special message for Detective Galbraith. Hi, Stacey Galbraith. But you wish you could have shot me. Huh. Was it unnerving? Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't sleep well that night. It wouldn't be the last sleepless night. We discovered another victim. But what happened to that woman was far worse than the detectives could imagine. To learn more about Mark O'Leary from his ex-girlfriend, go to Facebook at 48 Hours. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Among the hundreds of photos found in Mark O'Leary's home, a picture of a young woman bound and gagged stood out. In that case, he actually photographed her like he'd done our other victims, um, but he um, thoughtfully photographed her with her driver's license on her. So you knew exactly who she was? Yes. She was an 18-year-old woman whose identity we are not revealing, living just outside Seattle in Linwood, Washington. And did you contact that police department in Washington? Oh, right away. It turns out they knew about her. They even had a rape report from 2008. Only they believed it was a false report. Linwood Police Department Commander Rodney Conheim. She reported that she woke up to find an intruder in her bedroom standing at the doorway. He was armed with a knife. He approached her, bound her hands behind her back, gagged her, blindfolded her, had her roll over, and then he 
raped her for a period of time. But during the investigation, they began to doubt the young woman's truthfulness. One detective even threatened to charge her if she was lying. The young woman gave an interview to NPR's This American Life. He told me that if uh, I took a lie detector test and it came back that I was lying, that he was going to take me to jail himself. After that, she quickly changed her story. She says that she thought she may have dreamed that this occurred. And at one point, she said that it didn't happen. And ultimately, she was given a citation for false reporting. She was forced to pay a $500 fine and plead guilty for lying about being raped. Detective Galbraith couldn't believe what she was reading. I actually felt emotional. I knew that was wrong because I could prove their case now. And what was their response when you called and said, hey, you know that case of that young woman who you thought was lying and you charged her? Guess what? I got a picture of her after she's assaulted from the actual rapist. And they came out immediately. Mm -hmm. I was stunned. It's an absolute nightmare. Everything that she told us was the absolute truth. She was isolated, alone, and then nobody believed her. That's a lot to digest. The commander and his team headed straight to the young woman's home. Three years had passed since she had reported her rape. She was very surprised to see us, and we told her what we had learned. She was stunned. She was quiet at first. Um, She began to cry. It was heart-wrenching to know that she had lived with this alone for all those years. The woman's charge was expunged from her record, her fine was reimbursed, and she eventually settled a lawsuit with the police department for $150,000. We learned many lessons here at the Linwood Police Department on the heels of this investigation. We had outside groups come in to teach officers and detectives um, ways to investigate sexual assaults. Not every victim of a violent crime reports it in the same way, and that we need to understand that as strange as some circumstances seem, they can be true. It's an observation not gone unnoticed by the rapist himself. Washington just paid attention a little bit more. You know, they probably, probably would have been a person of interest, you know, earlier on. O'Leary was charged with that woman's rape and yet another similar sexual assault in Washington. He pled guilty in both cases bringing the known number of victims to six. But Stacy and Edna believe it doesn't stop there. Oh yeah, absolutely, there's more. O'Leary had encrypted computers that investigators are still unable to open. It went to Quantico, it went to the FBI lab here. Um, Nobody can get into it? Nobody can get into it. And I was told that probably no one ever will. All of this begs the question, if Mark O'Leary was willing to give such explicit details about the terrible crimes they already knew he had committed, what possible horrific things was he still hiding on those hard drives? You think it's worse? Don't know. The other thing we wonder is, could someone else have been involved? Ex-girlfriend Amy wonders the same thing. It sounds to me like maybe he's protecting somebody else if he's willing to fess up to everything that he's done. 
but he's not willing to turn over all of the information that he has. But Mary is hoping other victims of O'Leary's will come forward. Well, I think the big thing is just that rape victims don't have to be ashamed. He kept getting away with it. And he wanted to do it again. And each time he did it, he got a little more cocky about what he was doing and a little more dangerous. And there's no fear in your life now associated with it? No. I won't let it happen. I won't let him instill fear in me. I don't want anybody to do that to me. Her strength fuels the work that Edna and Stacy have committed their lives to. He's only behind bars because of the work that you did together. Right. But it's not two people. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not, it's not three people with Johnny involved. It's a whole group. It took the entire group. Knowing that you pulled someone like that so horrible out of society so that he can't hurt anyone again, it was very, very rewarding. This is why I do this. Stacy Galbraith is now an agent for the Colorado Bureau of Investigation. Edna Hendershot was promoted to the rank of sergeant with the Westminster Police Department. Galbraith and Hendershot both stay in contact with the women Mark O'Leary attacked. For more of O'Leary's FBI interview, go to 48hours.com. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Farian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them? and not the man pulling the strings. Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Join me, 48 Hours correspondent Erin Moriarty, on my podcast, My Life of Crime, as I take on true crime investigations like no other. This season, I'm looking into the secrets within families, cutting straight to the evidence, and talking to the people directly involved. Enjoy My Life of Crime on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on Wondery Plus. Some puzzles are hard to solve. Others are hard to prove. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Access episodes early and ad-free with 48 Hours Plus on Apple Podcasts.